You're listening to Voices of the Street, a podcast series brought to you by Megaphone Magazine, featuring original writing from the 2021 Voices of the Street Literary Anthology. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Megaphone is changing the story on poverty by promoting social equity, amplifying marginalized voices, and creating meaningful work. You can purchase a copy of the anthology from your local Megaphone vendor. And for more information, visit megaphonemagazine.com. These stories may deal with difficult topics. Please see the show notes for more information about the topics in this podcast. There are places to reach out for support. Hi folks, welcome to Voices of the Street podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Essential, and today we'll be interviewing Mr. Nicholas Leach Cryer, the poet, writer, actor, and overdose responder. Hi, I'm Nicholas Cryer, and uh, yeah, I work at Megaphone, a number of other places, overdose response, the mobile overdose prevention unit, and I also work with UBC in the Transformative Health and Justice Research Cluster as a research tech and a lead co-writer and BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services. I do strategic advisory on their new stigma initiative, stigma reduction initiative, uh, developing a video series to address stigma with Emily Carr University. That's projects wrapping up now. And and then, yeah, I also work at Megaphone as community storytelling and community networking liaison is my new title. I did Speakers Bureau for two years there, coordinating that project. And now I do storytelling and community networking for them. And uh, I was published this year in the Voice of the Street, and I also have a photo coming out in the Hope and Shadows calendar, hopefully. Great. So um, maybe we'll just have you read from your piece. Okay, this is called Why I Choose to Stay. Against every itching instinct I have, as an illogical human being, scared and scattered about and stigmas abandoned, every deeply disturbing subtext I detect in subtleties unspoken, in murmurs of manipulation of my mind and spirit, lo, my body and heart remain. Undeterred, empowered and emboldened, to resist, to stand fast and face down cruelty and unforgiving wrath and powerful predators in a tortured jungle of tainted, illicit dangers, unknown, unseen. Unseated bloodlines smoldering in a blockade bonfire of unchecked trauma and systemically abused and neglected emotional chaos, rape survival. Isolated into overdose, an idealistic notion of safe and sound bites, resounding the paranoid caution of pandemica and a peculiar harem of protocol, stockpiling and price-killing their socially distant and unknowing 
from the infected outcry for sacred connection. Through all these years of wandering aimlessly, often not even caring if I catch whatever it is I so madly pursue, so blindly, stumbling clumsily and confidently across endlessly lonesome alley nights of rain and rage, desperate and disgraced, oblivious as to how obviously close I clamor to my own tragically predictable yet preventable demise. Alas, I can at last, in absolute honesty, accept that I choose to stay simply because I refuse to accept that staying and struggling and suffering and somehow still standing in solidarity and sharing love is not in fact what I'm supposed to do. Thank you, that's, that, that's quite the poem. Oh, thanks. How did you develop this from the beginning? Is this something that you just wrote in one draft or something? Uh, no, this is, I guess, an accumulation of, of a number of years, really, uh, why I choose to stay, right? Been here about 17 years, and I just sort of went through how I've stayed, like how I, you know, forced myself to endure stigma, endure pressure from my peers, from, you know, society at large. I took a lot of sort of the current affairs regarding Indigenous people and compiled that with my 20 years of street experience and uh, just realized that the reason I, I'm still here today and able to function is that uh, I figured that's what I'm supposed to do, you know, stay in and, and just keep fighting and, and showing love. The way you, you fight is to show love, in my belief. Huh. I never thought of it that way. Thank you. You're exceptionally good with English. Did you go to school for that? Uh, no, I dropped out in grade eight. It was, you know, just another adopted native kid in Canada who got removed from their home placed back in foster care in a group home and started hanging out with the kids and doing drugs. And that eventually led me to uh, dropping out, which is a fairly common story. But I was very lucky right, to uh, be blessed with the gift for, for English. I couldn't explain the rules of English to you. I don't know the difference between a noun and a pronoun. But I, I could, you know, write. So everything else in my life has sort of come down to depending on that. As a means of uh, getting by, and I'm very thankful for that. Yes, I can see that. It seems to have worked out for you. What else do you have planned? What I have upcoming next is uh, I'm going to school at Langara to take journalism. One course, Megaphone sending me for one course. Fundamentals of reporting, it's called, and uh, I'm super nervous and excited about it. It's been years since I was in school. I'm just really honored that these people would be willing to invest in me like that, you know, in such tumultuous times that they would take a risk on on an on a amateur, basically, that has no training or anything. Just on the fact that I've, you know, been showing up, I guess, I think that's a, that's empowering and, uh, and it's a credit to their faith in me. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. So uh, what do you plan on doing with your journalism course? I'm thinking of probably being a journalist, like freelance. <laughs> so I've been freelancing with Megaphone since 2008, I guess. Uh, they're my main publishing credit. Uh, probably always write for them. Once I get this, uh, the fundamentals 
under my belt, I'll probably have a bit more access to reporting in the field. I mean, that's what I like about journalism is it's freelance, freedom, and you, you can sort of choose what you want here and there, you know, pick a topic that you, you enjoy and go learn about it and, and ask questions about it. And then since I've already got the writing part down, I could pretty much write my own ticket, as they say. It's like having a backstage pass to anything you want. I'm really grateful for that, but uh, it just takes a lot of work, right? Freelancing is, is all about scheduling and uh, maintaining, you know, good relations with people and, and whatnot. And, um, and I'm lucky to have 17 years of experience in this town to have a lot of connections and understand the way the, the current affairs are going right now. Uh, a lot of it's not really very happy in this community, but um, I, I understand it so I can empathize, and empathy is the one thing we need in this world today. I agree. It's just like you said, sharing love, standing in solidarity. Yes, most definitely. What I do know is that including people with lived experience is a major step forward for society, and I'm very lucky to be on the cutting edge of that, where people are being brought in and actually listened to and informing policy that will affect people's lives down the road, right? I mean, people that are sitting in prison right now are going to be affected by some of the storytelling process that's going on now. And to me, that's, that's really profound because the people that I know doing the storytelling spent their whole lives being discounted and, and neglected and, and forgotten about, you know, sitting in prison thinking, am I ever, you know, am I ever going to matter? Well, that's amazing, Nicholas. It's been a real honor having you on the show today and good luck in the photo contest and all the other projects you're working on. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you, Mr. Essential. It was an honor to meet you too. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, folks, uh, just on a moment of um, solidarity, as Mr. Pryor would say, I just want to acknowledge that today's session took place on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the two peoples. And I want to honor a moment of silence and sympathy. My deepest condolences to the families of, of those children that are being found on unmarked graves across Canada right now. It's uh, one, of, one of our darkest chapters in history. And uh, we, you know, Canada really needs to look at, at itself right now and understand what happened there. I mean, for the most part, it really wasn't a lot of people's fault or anything, so I'm not here to lay blame or anything. I just think now would be a good time to sort of examine our own ideas. And uh, I'm grateful to be able to do that in Canada. Thank you. Have a good night, folks. This segment was written by Nicholas Cryer and hosted by his fictitious character, Mr. Essential. This series was produced with support from the City of Vancouver, BC Arts Council, SFU's Community Engagement Initiative, and SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. This podcast was developed through a mentorship program led by Helena Krobath. Special thanks to the storytellers and the voices of the street writers, the supporting mentors, and the audio production team. Please see the show notes for more information about the topics in this podcast. There are places to reach out for support. Our theme song was created by John Brennan with extra music and sound effects 
by John Brennan and Helena Krobath. Sound engineering, editing, mixing, and mastering by Paige Smith, Fiorella Pinios, and Kathy Feng. On behalf of the participants of the Megaphone Podcasting Pilot Project, I would like to give thanks to our executive director, Julia Aoki, both the board of directors and all the hardworking vendors out there keeping our organization alive. Thank you.